is today. Today? It is Wednesday, my dude. This is gonna be great! Good morning, my friends. Good to see you. Even though I don't really see you, I feel you. I feel your presence. Listening in, tuning in, streaming this devotional podcast, whatever you may do. Good to have you with me this morning on this beautiful Wednesday morning. Why is it beautiful? It's just, you know, you wake up sometimes you have like, "Mm, this is gonna be a good day. I felt that. Because yesterday was a great day. Uh, My wife... Uh, has embarked on her next career move, and the first step was passing her insurance test, which she did, and uh, she was sure she was going to fail it. I was sure she was going to pass it because she's smart. She knows these things. She went through the class. She studied. She did the due diligence, and she was like, there's no way I'm going to pass uh, because uh, the practice exam she was taking, let's just say they weren't going well. But she passed. It was awesome, so that's good, right? So here we are today, wake up, the sun's shining, the birds are chirping, here we go. So this morning when I, when I got up, I get up before everybody else, watch a little uh, TV, and usually it's uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max sports show, and uh, I really like it, but I found out recently it's being canceled. So apparently there's not enough people who like it, like me. I think I like it because they go off on tangents and they get off topic and talk about all kinds of random weird stuff. Kind of like this devotional podcast. I think that's what speaks to me. I really like it. Um, but anyways, today they were talking about traffic and specifically like LA traffic. And, and then it kind of trailed into other things too. And Max, who's one of the hosts on there, he said that there was a study done, done probably like eight, 10 years ago that said that uh, and this was specifically to LA traffic, that 5% of the people are causing like 80 to 85% of the traffic, which is nuts. But I get it because you see those people, right? Um, and Keyshawn, who's born and raised uh, in LA, currently lives there and all that. Uh, he's always, he's defending the driving there. And, and Max also said that, uh, that that study showed that like 20% of the people, and this was back in the day of the drivers in LA, are high, which also leads to traffic. And I, can, and I assume that it only got higher once, legalization of marijuana and all that. Um, and Keyshawn is like, fake news, it's not real. He's just defending the thing. But uh, he also, Keyshawn was also saying that the reason there's more traffic there is because nobody in LA is in a hurry to get anywhere. And, you, and they just, they're just patient. And it's like, come on. Because I've been in LA traffic. It's terrible. I, you know, dealt with Chicago traffic forever, but... LA traffic is on a whole nother level. So anyways, but, um, here's a crazy thing that was said crazy nuts to me. All right. Uh, when they were talking about being at a stoplight, there's a person at the very front of the line, the light turns green, right? What, how long do you give them before you honk? Uh, and so they were talking in like one Mississippi, two Mississippi, like that's the time, like how many Mississippis do you give them? And Keyshawn said he gives the person in front of him four Mississippis. And I'm like, what? Four Mississippi? And that's how Max and Jay kind of were like, four Mississippi? Are you kidding me? He, he's like, he's like, no. Uh, he goes, what if they're, they're looking at their phone or changing the radio? And I'm like, another reason why you honk. 
immediately. And uh, Keyshawn's like, you guys just aren't patient. You're like, what What are you going to do? Like, it's not stopping everything. But I would argue the opposite. Let's say you're at the front. First of all, when you're at the front at the stoplight, that's what we call the pole position. Like, you are in charge of the rest of the line getting somewhere on time. If you dilly-dally and you're in your own world, if you're on your phone, if you're doing stuff like that, and you're waiting four or five seconds, that could cause someone towards the back of the line to not make the light. That puts them even farther behind. You are causing them to be late. This is your responsibility that you're paying attention to that light and you're going. I'm not saying that people behind it don't need to be paying attention, but specifically that front guy needs to be paying attention or gal, right? Uh, so they're all arguing about that. It's good. I'm laughing with them. And then this woman, they had, they had a football analyst, some woman. I don't remember her name. It's not because I don't think women should be football analysts. I just don't remember who it was, right? So calm it down. Uh, they asked her, and she said, five Mississippi. And I was like, I can't believe this. Someone's giving someone five seconds. For me, at... One Mississippi, I'm like, what are we doing? Number two, I verbally say it. What are we doing right now? Three Mississippi, I'm like, I can't believe. And then I'm reaching for the horn. By four Mississippi, it's down. Maybe at two Mississippi, I give a boop, like a, hey, here we go. But by four Mississippi or five Mississippi, the my hand is going through the steering wheel. Like, let's move this along. We ain't got time to be spending sitting here. Now, I also realize as I'm talking about this, I'm talking to a lot of South Carolinians who's driving, hate to be the bear bad news, pretty terrible. Now, I know a lot of people, a lot of you native South Carolinians are like, it's not us, it's the Ohioans. Ohioans? Ohioans? Whatever. People from Ohio. But I would say, no, nope, it's you guys, because I've never been in a place like this where First of all, there's two lanes on each side, right? We have the left lane, which is the passing lane. The right lane is you can take your sweet time. But no, here, you guys are like, now both of them are take your sweet time. And then I get the arguments like, well, there's a lot of left-hand turns from the, from the left lane, lane. You know, there's lots of roads there. Sure, but that doesn't mean you have a turn that you're going left five miles down the road, so you just stay in the left-hand lane going 45. That's ridiculous. Get into the right-hand lane, do your Sunday driving, your, your slow crawl to wherever you're going, and before you get to that left-hand turn, then you make the lane change. It's basics. Then you also have the people that are like, I think 45 is a good uh, good speed, and somebody else is like, I also like 45. And you're driving, and you're like, hey, you like going 45? And he goes, yeah. And then, and then you go, let's just drive together side by side and then while all the other people behind that want to go the speed limit which is 60 are sitting there losing their minds that's south carolina for you but i digress it has nothing to do with the devotional right now but i just was thinking about it and you know this is uh this is what i do on this thing but let's get down to it today what we're going to talk about Got a good one here. I got a real doozy. My wife is going to be especially excited about this devotional today. Mark my words. All right, so there is a disagreement in my house. I know, it's crazy. 
you got to be thinking, you know what, Pastor Adam and his wife, they never disagree on anything. They're always in lockstep together. Well, we found one that has happened. All right, so let me explain this disagreement. It all stems from a couple weeks ago. A couple weeks ago, as I had mentioned on this devotional podcast, my radio went out, like the backup camera, the whole center council area, whatever. I had a friend come over. We diagnosed it. It's the APIM. I ordered it. It came in. I messaged him, hey, when are we going to get this fixed? He says, I'm a little busy right now. I'll let you know. So we're, we're waiting, right? But that piece, $300, all right? Not something you just want to drop $300 on willy-nilly, right? So there's that. Then, as you also remember from the devotional podcast previously, I blew out my back tire. Hit something, I don't know, but it's done. Dunzo. So I got to get a new tire. Now, if I go to get a new tire, it's probably going to be 150 200 bucks around there. So we're looking $500 out of pocket, $500-ish, right? So in thinking about this $500, ugh, I don't really want to spend $500. What am I going to do? I'm in my home office. I'm looking around. I see all this pro audio stuff that I have hooked up to my two little speakers for my computer. It's drastically overkill, but it's some cool stuff. It's cool. It's good stuff, right? So I'm looking at it. I'm like, I don't really need it. I also have a little four-channel mixer that I could use. I don't even need an amp for it. So I'm like, I could sell all this. So what I do, I take some pictures. I look up what it's worth. Post it on a good old uh, marketplace. Bunch of stuff for sale. What do you know? Somebody's like, hey, I'm interested. And it's another church who could really use it. Now, I cut my cost of that thing drastically because it's a church and I want to give it. Plus I also talked to uh, Jim here and I have some couple things that I can throw in for free here from church just to help this other church get to it. So he's like, I'm interested. I want to buy it. Um, that could be happening this Saturday. Fingers crossed. Although these deals often fall through. But uh, anyways, so the fish is on the line. We're ready, uh, willing to pay what I need. Um, so I got plans to use that money. So then the other day, Lauren asks me, hey, you ever going to get that tire fixed? And I, and so I said to her, yeah, uh, I actually have a deal. I'm, I posted, posted a bunch of stuff for sale. I got a thing. So once I get that money, I'm just going to buy new rims and tires. And she goes, uh, what? What are you going to do with that? And I'm like, what are, you, what are you talking about? She's like, rims and tires? Why would you do that? We could put that money towards other things. And, but, but I'm looking at it like, hey, this is my stuff that I love, that I care about, that I use, right? I don't really use it right now, but it's good. This is my, this is my currency, right? So I'm like, uh, if I sell it, it's free money, money that did not exist before this, and I can do what I want with that money, right? And Lauren's like, why do you even need rims and tires anyway? And I was like, you know how dumb you sound right now? No, I didn't say that. But... Here's the reality of the situation. The blown tire that I had, I hit, you know, it was a bad blowout. I got a little road rash on the rim back there. I don't like that. Uh, and previously, you know, like two months before that, see, I, I clean my car almost every week. I detail it, make it look real nice. I take pride in my car and keeping things clean and organized, right? And I noticed a couple months ago, my front right rim had a little bit of a road rash on it where someone had hit a curb. So that only leaves two people other than me 
because I know I didn't hit a curve, is Lauren or Gianna. One of those two did it. Neither of them will fess up to it, but someone did, and it left a mark on my rim that will be there forever. On top of that, my back driver's side uh, rim went before I bought the car. The previous owner must have sprayed some sort of degreaser or something, and it dulled the rim so it doesn't actually shine in certain parts, which has always annoyed me, right? So I got three out of four rims that have issues that I don't like. And Lowell and I frequent car shows. We love going to those. And if I get, I picked up this new set of rims and tires that are, whoo, mm, they're nice. Bronze. Oh, man, it's going to look good. No one will have a car that looks like mine, even if they have the same kind of car. Because there's a lot of Mustangs at these car shows, but mine's going to stand out. And it's going to be good. Still, she just doesn't get it. You just don't get it, do you? You don't. But back to the money thing. Before we... Uh, before this happened, where I was going to sell all this stuff, we were looking for $500 out of pocket. Now we'd be looking $0 out of pocket and bonus new rims and tires, which the new tires also are going to last much longer because eventually I'm going to need new tires on my car anyways. So it makes sense to me. And I've polled a few people. I've talked to some people about what I think, and my logic checks out as well. That's what they say. Even a friend, Megan, who was just here, who all cards on the table said she sees both sides. Okay, so it's not like she's just taking one side. She said she even told her, I would just let him get his rims and tires, right? So there's this disagreement between us. So I thought, let's consult the good book and see what we should do, right? So what I'm going to do, I'm thinking about Proverbs. Let's go to Proverbs right now. Um, that's always a good place to start when you're looking for, searching for wisdom, as you would say. I mean, King Solomon wrote most of Proverbs and he was considered the wisest man ever to live outside of Jesus, obviously. So I would say the, the, uh, the wisest pure human because Jesus was human, but he was also God. So we'll take him off the table. We'll say Solomon is the wisest human, pure human. So let's just go to Proverbs. So we're going to go towards the middle. If you don't know where it is, it's it's in the middle of the Bible right after Psalms. So we're going to go there. All right, Proverbs. And we're just going to, we're going to point, boop. All right, we're at Proverbs 21.9. We'll see what that says. Proverbs 21.9, better to live on a corner of the roof than share a house with a quarrelsome wife. Mm. Mm. Uh, that can't be right, can it? But who am I to question God's word? I mean, I know in ancient Israel, the roofs on the houses were flat and, and they could be what you consider habitable. You just have to be, have to deal with or be exposed to the elements, you know, weather, hot, cold, rain, that, that kind of thing. But according to Solomon, it's better than cohabitating with a wife who is contentious, quarrelsome. Now, I'm kidding. I set that up. Obviously, we know that's a joke. Little jokey joke there, Lauren. Uh, truth be told, she isn't even all bent out of shape about this disagreement. We haven't been arguing about it or anything. At least, I don't think 
she's all bent about it. Uh, maybe she is because she did bring it up to her friend Megan. I'm more talking, uh, but I'm thinking it's more like a, you're never going to believe Adam. <laughs> laugh, laugh, jokey joke. But who really knows? Anyways, you know. But let's go elsewhere in the Bible. More like Matthew. Let's look at Matthew 18. Uh, and that's the, we're going to use the scripture that we usually associate with solving disputes. So let's do Matthew 18, 15 through 17. It says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you won't. You have won your brother, but if he won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. If he doesn't pay attention to them, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention to, to the church, let him be like a Gentile and a tax collector to you. So let's just go through this, and I'm going to change some words around instead of him and all that stuff uh, to her. We're talking about my, We're talking about my situation. All right, so if your brother sins against you, if your wife sins against you, now also, we're going to go ahead and put this, she does not sin against me. This is just a disagreement, so it's not that serious. So if, if, uh, if your wife sins against you, go tell her her fault between you and her alone. Check. I did that. I said, this is what I'm thinking. This is my money. Uh, we we would have been $500 out of pocket now Clear, uh, free and clear, plus I get some rims and all that stuff. If she listens to you, you have won your wife. She listened, didn't, I'd, I wouldn't say I won her there, right? Uh, so what's next? So that, that didn't work, first of all. Right. Verse 16, but if she won't listen, take one or two others with you so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every fact may be established. All right, so uh, I think this has been done as well. Uh, a few on my end, one on her end. Uh, she's talked with her friend, probably her sister, Katie. Although actually she's been on a mission trip, so maybe not yet. Maybe, oh, I bet she talked to her friend Seema. Maybe her mom. I don't know. I'm sure she's talked about it. If she's talking to Megan, she'd probably talk to others about it, right? Um, and I've talked to my friends, right? And I've said, hey, I've talked to those people. Even Megan said, just let them get the tires, right? But here we are. So that leads us to the last part of the solution. And that's verse 17. If she doesn't pay attention to them, maybe not, uh, bring it to the church. Uh, so like, if she doesn't pay attention, tell the church. If he doesn't pay attention to even the church, let her be like a Gentile and a tax collector. So that's what we're doing. We're bringing it to the church right now on this Devo podcast. I'm demonstrating proper biblical procedure. So leave a comment here, and let's see your thoughts on the matter. Let's let's hear what you got to say, and we'll see what where where goes. Right? Uh, I mean, I I would hate to have to treat her like a gentile or a tax collector. I mean, I don't want to do that. Uh, and that's all I have to say. No one wants to be considered or treated like a tax collector. She doesn't want it. I don't want it for her. Right? Now I hope you know that I'm having fun and I'm kidding around. I love my wife, and she isn't a, making a big deal about this at all. Again, I don't, I don't think she is either. And if we're being real, she's going to love the rims and tires when, when they're on the car in the end. She's going to. She's going to be looking at my car with an attitude. Uh, and then, But in her heart, she's going to look at him, and she's going to be like, man, they look sharp. She'll probably never verbally admit it. But inside, she's going to be like, 
looks good. I, I know, I could see it. And she may at some point say, hey, let's go take a ride in the car. Let's put the top down. Let's have some fun. She's actually never going to do that because she hates when the top's down. She's like, my hair gets all tangled. And I'm like, first world problems. But this is a fun take on a disagreement that I hope you take seriously. Like what you should do in disagreements like this. The scripture you should take seriously in, in, in amongst the dispute or whatever you have. So let's review. Number one, you go to that person, you talk to them about your problem, the dispute your disagreement, and you do it respectfully. You try to work things out calmly and biblically, where you both listen to each other, you both put all cards on the table, all that kind of stuff. If that doesn't work, you go to number two, and, and you get some mediators, some, some people that you know. Now, these people should be good people that has everyone's best interest in mind. You can't uh, pull a few people who you know are going to be on your side regardless of how ridiculous your argument's going to be. So you can't get any ringers just to get your way. And also, you have to get people that both parties are going to respect. And then they mediate it, and you, right? You, here's, and if that doesn't work, it says, then you have to go to your pastors and elders and have them mediate and get down to the solution, right? Now, that normally goes in terms of problems with people at church, right? So if you get into a road rage incident, and you guys are both stopped and you're about to throw down in the middle of the street. You can't be like, hey, you know what? Get back in your car. Follow me to church. We're going to go talk to my pastor about this. He doesn't care what your pastor says, you know. So that's not this is not for every situation. I mean, you know what I mean. But if you have an issue or a disagreement with someone you're serving with, worshiping with, someone that you know at church, that you think that the problem is, is revolved around that, then definitely have the pastor get involved and get to the bottom of it. Um, that's, that's, that's step three of biblical dispute solving. And it's also good in a, if, if you're dealing with a family issue, but that is if all the family... Everybody in the family are believers um, and take raising your family biblically and put raising your family biblically as a priority, which I hope it is. And I'm, I mean, I would like to say that this works for every situation. I mean, going to the person first, that's going to work in every situation. Getting a second party, a second or third party that has both interests involved, that's for every situation. But going to the pastors and elders doesn't necessarily work for everything, but within church matters and maybe the family, then I would say that's the, that's the route to go. Right. So that's really what I have for you. Hopefully, uh, this was fun and interesting, but also good that you got something out of it. And I haven't said it in a while, but if you do like what I do here, please share this with other people. You can send it. I'm on every streaming platform there is YouTube, Apple, Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora. There's a million that I don't even know the names of, whatever like that. Um, Facebook, all that. Just forward it on, copy a link, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I will be posting pictures of the new rims and tires when they happen. Right? Right. I know you'd be frothing at the mouth for them. They're coming. Zero dollars out of pocket. That's all I'm saying. So you guys have a good one, and I will see you next time.